Welcome to the SEO Insider with your host, Seth Price, founder of Blue Shark, taking you inside the world of legal marketing and all things digital. Welcome, everybody. We are thrilled with one of the uh, stalwarts of the Mass Tort space. John, it is great to have you here. Thanks, Seth. So tell me, like, I've been uh, a fan from afar for a long time. You seem to have taken a very different approach than most people when it comes to educating lawyers in the mass tort space and love to just learn a little bit about it and how you got there. Well, I had a background in the pharmaceutical industry and and, and medicine in general. Uh, I got out of that in 35, sold all my holdings in that and, and started working with one law firm sort of just in a happenstance kind of way. And it just grew over the years. I went to business school, I didn't go to law school. Um, so recognizing, uh, as was the case, often doctors in, in, in medicine, that lawyers often did not operate their businesses in an optimal way. Um, and, and, you know, that, that a lot of industries, you see that businesses, especially they're entrepreneurial, that they start out one guy, maybe two guys, and they build a business. And as they build it, they do what makes sense at that time. Um, right. But as a business grows, um, you often need to change your practices and adopt more, I'd say, corporate-like practices once you become more corporate and larger. Um, I primarily focus on mass torts because that's the thing I contribute most to um, on the cases themselves, on understanding the cases themselves. But when I started teaching, uh, essentially, the course in mass torts, um, it, yeah, it was necessary to me to combine the business finance elements of running a mass court practice, because it, it does differ in many ways from uh, uh, a single event personal injury. And a lot of those ways, if you're not aware of them, you don't plan for them, can be the difference in succeeding or not succeeding in mass torts. There are great things about mass court from a business perspective, mass court from a business perspective, but then there are things that are very different and challenging, like the cash conversion cycles, which are very poor. The time between you spend a dollar and you get it back is a long time. Um, uh, fortunately, the profit margins usually compensate for that, and 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 the practice area remains favorable as a business investment. Sometimes I use that word investment. I've had people take exception with it over the years, but and that's what you're doing when you, when you practice continuous law. Uh, you're representing people who could not afford to go out and hire a, an hourly lawyer generally, and so you are making an investment. You're investing your resources to give them access to justice, so you better take care of those resources. You, know, you need to be a good steward of money. And if you're not, you're not going to be able to help anybody. So I don't apologize for referring to um, cases or uh, getting involved in the cases in investment because that's exactly what it is. And it's investment with a good reason. No, I, I get that. One of the things that, you know, that uh, lawyers, non-mass tort lawyers, for example, the sort of people that you've helped sort of who are single event lawyers coming into this space, you know, what are some of the pitfalls that you see that like people who, you know, I, hopefully your course helps uh, alleviate, but what are some of the things that you see that uh, lawyers make mistakes when they try to pivot into a space that sounds like it's a panacea um, and different from their day-to-day -day work? You know, I think what we're touching on here, it's not unique. To, to, to any one business. It's very easy to make emotional decisions. And that where humans are emotional creatures. You know, when we think we're being completely logical and reasonable, we're not. It just makes us feel good to believe we are. But I think in mass storage, it's very easy to come in um, feeling uh, like a little overwhelmed and being a little intimidated by the practice area. You're not, you know, if you've been practicing single event for 20, 30 years, 10 years, you're very comfortable with that now. Yeah. 
um, you get into mass torts at first, and it seems like it's very different. So there's a little intimidation factor. And I think one of the easiest mistakes to make is when uh, an attorney gets that comfort level um, to get overexcited about it and potentially um, overinvest. Um, and you know, something I always say: never eat your milk cow. You're, what I mean, what I mean by that is that that your personal injury practice that pays your bills, pays your employees. Uh, pays your light bill, et cetera, never jeopardize your poor cash flow um, for expansion into mass storage. Uh, you know, that just doesn't make sense. Um, and I think that's one of the mistakes firms make. I, obviously, you know, um, quite often when you attend a large mass tort conference where there may be hundreds of people in the audience and people who are in leadership and represent clients are talking about a case, yeah, they're 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 generally going to talk tell you the good things about it, and and I don't mean this in a disparaging way. They represent clients in the case. They can't stand up in front of a room where they don't know for sure who all's in that room and say a single thing negative about the case where they represent clients. Um, and so I think it's easy um, to to be listen to someone who's involved in the case and truly an expert in mass tort. And if it's in a big room, you know, you're not maybe not getting the complete picture. And then later, um, if things don't go as planned, uh, I think sometimes the, the newer firm did it. They're angry at the person they heard speak. Well, you have to go in knowing they can't if it's a large room, they can't say they can't tell you they can't say there's, you know, there's a potential problem with a case in which they represent a client or hundreds of clients. So. Um, it's important to, okay, we, we heard the good things, right? Um, to, to be able to do your own research. And that's something I teach. Um, uh, and and to, to make sure you know, have more than one source of information before you go out and, and spend a significant amount of money. Because in the end, you know, if you don't get compensation for the client, you didn't do it, them any good. And certainly if you don't get a return for your firm, you didn't do your firm any good. Uh, agreed. Um, one of the things I see percolating uh, is sort of just the, the rampant fraud in some of the mass tort aggregators, uh, which is getting scary when you see the, the order of magnitude level of sophistication that's starting to sort of the, the, the we're starting to hear, hear about more and more. As sort of somebody who's dipping their toe into mass torts, what do you think are some of the ways that lawyers can protect themselves so that they don't you know, sort of think they have this awesome inventory of cases and then realize that it may not be as substantial as they may have been led to believe? I see that kind of as a two-part question. The, you know, how do you not get defrauded um, by, a, you know, somebody who's doing outbound calls, calling phone books and so forth? Uh, well, you know, if, if you're dealing with somebody and they say, we generate our ads on Facebook or television, you know, ask for some, ask to see the ads, ask to see, Network receipts, if they say they're advertising on television, verify, you know, because if they're, if they're producing massive amounts of leads and they say they're getting them um, in one way or another, they don't have to tell you their secret sauce, just some proof that they're actually doing that. Um, and if they don't have any, you know, if they're not spending any money with Facebook or any money um, with any networks or television, well, then they're not getting their leads that way. Um, and, you know, go by the lie to me, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, principal. The, um, now, as far as, you know, people who might possibly take in a case even from a legitimate, in a legitimate way and do the intake for you and misrepresent, you know, that, that intake, 
um, where you need to uh, you need to have a uh, when you accept the lead, you need to have your own discussion with that client. You need to go through the questions again, um, uh, the intake questions. You need to listen to them. That's one of the th- the big mistakes um, I think is made in intake in general is that when a person's going to call a lawyer, you know, people are intimidated by lawyers, even their own lawyers. That this person has stilled themselves to make that call, and they thought the narrative in their mind what they're going to say. Let them say it before you start asking them questions, because quite often they'll answer a lot of your questions. Um, now, you know, when you're when you you take that referral in or, or that um, uh, case from from any lead generator, um, you want to move on it quickly, talk to the client, and then also move quickly to get if it's a drug case, at least get the the use record. You know, and, and the proof of injury record right away, so that you know you have a case. So, if you're buying a significant number of leads from somebody, and they're not, and a significant number aren't panning out through that initial, you know, what we have here, then stop buying leads from them. Right. Um, well, then walk me through. Look, this is what I like to sort of sort of use the remaining of our time with. Is talk to me a little about about your. Because what you do is unique. There are a lot of conferences you can go and sort of hear panels of people give their perspectives, but you seem to have created um, sort of almost the 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 definitive CLE on how not to be a novice. When somebody, you know, you, you walk into your your world as, as somebody who's just like, yeah, uh, I'll sign up for this and take check it out. And you people walk out really with a a pretty good 360 understanding of the industry. Walk me through, you know, what you do and how how people, you know, work with your organization to sort of be, gain that 360 knowledge. Well, the, you know, I do, what's coming up in September is, is just litigation updates um, and a lot and a, and a lot about PFAS, the, um, which everybody needs to be interested in. The, my course, the mass court courses, it's an intensive mass court course, and it very much takes the E and CLE seriously. It's often described as a mass court course. I didn't get law school by lawyers, um, but it, it both it covers everything from issues they need to understand, like preemption, which can affect uh, cases, especially MDL MDL cases, cases in federal court. But it can affect a state court case too if you know, if if a state if a state law is preempted by federal law. Um, but then the the business aspects of it, everything from how you get your things we're talking about right now, how you get your clients. Um, you know the the if you're going to be in mass court, you need to add that to your website. You need to add those cases to your website, past clients or future clients. Um, you, if you've got an email list, you can communicate with those people. Um, uh, to good business practices, but then on the finance side, understanding that the, the, the finances—it's not like your personal injury case that's going to you know, settle in 11, 12 months. Here, you're talking about spending a dollar and not getting it back for potentially for four years. So you have to do the financial math correctly uh, in order. I hear sometimes guys say, "Oh, I made nine X in in a certain case." Like, no, you didn't. You, you didn't you didn't factor in time value of money. You didn't make nine X. You made five X or four X, maybe, which is great. Two X is great, but you didn't make nine X. Um, so understand the you know, what I call the immutable laws of business and finance and, and how they apply. And and I assume like anything else, you also have to put in if you if you invest in five mass torts and two don't end up monetizing. Like right. That has to go into your overall calculation. Yes, you did it on this, but I assume like anything else, otherwise you're just gambling. Absolutely. Well, and and understand that in some cases, um, you're going to have a large, a higher fallout rate in some cases. No matter everyone can be in the full chain can be opt- um, in, 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 imposing optimal practices, but 
um, in certain cases, self-identification is easy by applying. You can run an ad that a person can see and go, that's me, ease of self-identification. Um, it's not as easy in some cases. And if you've got a case where something like ease of self-identification isn't easy, you're going to have a higher fallout rate because it's impossible to run an ad that that uh, that the majority of your calls are going to have correctly self-identified. If it's a drug case, I took that drug, I had that injury. That's easier. Um, and and But if it's, let's say, a hip litigation, you know, most people don't know what brand of hip is in, it's in their body, but they don't know what brand of hip it is. Um, so that's a little more difficult. Uh, you're going to have more fallout. They may have a hip. It may have had to have a secondary surgery, but it may not be the one that's subject to litigation right now. It's those kind of things. Understanding, you know, I, I've learned from a lot of people who've been doing this a long time. Um, and uh, I mean, I've had people take my course, people like Jerry Parker, who's been lead counsel, him and Richard Dawson, more than anybody, took my course, went to my very first one, took more notes than anybody ever. Um, and I, I, I find him amazing. He said he, he knows more than everybody in the room and he takes more notes than everybody else combined. Well, people in his firm told me after he came back from my course, he made all kinds of changes. Um, uh, and I, but I asked him, you know, Jerry, you know, what can I possibly teach you? He said, well, actually, from the business perspective, a lot, but, but a part of it is just the way you look at it, you know. And I think it's, I came from an out, in some ways, I'm like an outsider insider, you know. Um, it's, I don't get, I don't litigate. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm a, I'm an observer, an outside observer, but in some way, and in, but still an insider. So you know, obviously, your course is, is is a great starting point. What are the conferences that you think are of value that people should attend if they're looking to be in this space? And part of the way I've got to know you is just having a drink at the at the bar at some of these uh, national conferences. Well, you got to go to Mass. If you're going to be a Mass course, you got to go to Mass course. I mean that that is any and Mass course Puerto Rico is a good one. Anywhere it's going to be, but so much, this is very much a team sport, um, mass torch. So you, you know, your context, who you know, who you can call on is so important. So um, the big ones where there are 2,000 people um, are great. Or, you know, the, um, just so you can meet that many people. I think it's a double-edged sword. Though. Wow, there are 2,000 people there. Oh, my God, there are 2,000 people here. <laughs> who do I talk to? Um, but, you know, those are great, and they're very entertaining. Um, there are um, uh, smaller conferences sometimes that go on that are litigation specific that can be very timely. Harris Martin, maybe uh, Harris Martin being put on with a firm that's, that's initiating a litigation. Um, you know, there's not a lack of of, um, uh, of mass court events to go to. I, you know, what I've had people tell me uh, about taking my course over the years is that you know I went went to these bigger bigger events many times but after taking your course i go to them and now i understand what they're talking about and that and that's and that's sort of related to me too like so let's to tell people as we as we wrap up here where how can people get a hold of you where, where's the best place to uh get into john's world well my website is masstorsuccess.com my email is john at masstorsuccess.com but people can also call me on my cell which is 954-803-3393 i'm pretty accessible um uh, uh and yeah, I have the event coming up this September. Like I said, I focus on PFOS. Every PI firm in the country should be interested in that because, it's, yeah, it's a mass tort, but it's not, and there probably will be one or more MDLs, but there are going to be a lot of cases where federal jurisdiction is not going to exist. You know, this is, has so many similarities from the from the uh, work, uh, injury cases, the occupational exposure and so forth, to asbestos, with the difference being, Far more people have been exposed to dangerous levels of PFAS do their work than asbestos. Um, another difference is mesothelioma is uniformly fatal. 
um, all the cancers caused by PFOS are not necessarily uniformly fatal. They don't, to me, I'm going to leave people disabled, and, and the value of you know, a disability case, a lifetime disability case, would be greater than an F case. So, you know, there are differences uh, between the injury PFOS and the asbestos litigation, but there are so many similarities. A lot of the case law that came out of asbestos, which is a lot of the case law for mass storage, will be very apt um, to, to, to PFOS. So I think, you know, even if firms aren't interested in the consumer class actions and, and the water contamination, home devaluation and all those things, um, every PI firm, is, you're already in that business if you're a PI firm, you know, representing people who have been injured at work and so forth. So they should definitely be looking at And those cases are going to, those are the cases that, that SEO and, and lead gen can also, well, you know, companies would be very involved in it. It's more of a familiar field for all of us. John, this is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to uh, grab a drink at uh, MTMP and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you there. Thanks a lot, Seth. Thank you for tuning in to the SEO Insider with Seth Price. Be sure to check back next week for fresh insights into building your brand's online presence. Episodes are available to stream directly on Blue Shark Digital's website.